Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back. This is the Nonbeliever Bible Club. So where are we in the Bible now? The people of Israel, God's chosen people, have wandered through the desert, come back into the land of Canaan, fought the Philistines that inhabited it, erected a kingdom, had a really shitty king. That king was killed, and in his place, the most righteous man, David, has become king. But in the Bible, problems don't just come from outside, they come from within. David has decided to be a dick. He's spending a nice day at his balcony, looking over his kingdom, and sees a hot woman taking a bath. He's like, hey, who is that chick? Someone says, that's Bathsheba. It's like, the girl taking a bath is named Bathsheba. Yeah. Hey, great, I'm going to ruin her life. See, she's married to one of his soldiers, Uriah. If King David connives his way to have sex with her, what he's doing is putting her in an impossible situation. If she obeys her king, she betrays her husband. If she's faithful to her husband, she turns her back on the king. That's why this moment is depicted in art so frequently. And because it's about a naked woman taking a bath. In a hypothetical scene that isn't exactly in scripture, many paintings of Bathsheba show her receiving a letter from the king. Before anything's happened, just the simple sending of a letter is enough to destroy Bathsheba's world. In Rembrandt's Bathsheba at her bath, painted in 1654, we see this moment. Bathsheba is attended to by her servant as she clutches a letter and looks down dejectedly. Fuck. In a nice touch, there's a bit of red on the edge of the paper. It could be a wax seal. I don't know if they had those in ancient Judah, but metaphorically, it's blood. This letter being the beginning of bloodshed. And fun fact, Bathsheba was on her period, which was why she was bathing in the first place. Another great Bathsheba painting, Jean-Léon Jérômey, simply titled Bathsheba. Framing is excellent. It's, it's one of my favorite paintings. We get an immense background of the whole city. Of course, David, looking over, huh? on his balcony. He's like real small. Those are always the best parts of paintings of David and Bathsheba. It's like, where did they put David? Get a beautiful woman, and then, <laughs> then this perv, like, looking over a balcony or whatever. Another good one is Artemisia Gentileschi's Bathsheba. In it, Bathsheba is that kind of pale white that reflects sunlight. So she's just blindingly light. And then in the background, we get a kind of cathedral-looking, almost modern building where David's hanging off like a gargoyle. He's actually standing next to a gargoyle. And the whole thing is shrouded in shadow. Paintings like this and the Rembrandt I mentioned earlier are apparently a big deal. As we well know, artists are pervs. While some would exploit the situation for all its titillating bathing worth, others recognized the intense psychological situation as Bathsheba is literally caught in a trap. Naked. Anyway, it ends real bad for her husband. David brings him back. He's like, hey, you know, I know you've been fighting out in the war, but you should go, you know, spend the night with your wife. He's trying to get him to have sex with her. So when she becomes pregnant, David has a great excuse. I didn't have sex with that chick who had sex with her husband, and that's why she's pregnant. But Uriah's such a good guy. He's like, no, my men are out there in the field. I'm not going to sleep in the comfort of my own bed. So David's like, ah, fuck, he's a good guy. Guess I should just kill him. In a stunning move, he commands his underlings to put Uriah in front of the battle to ensure that he dies. And when he does, David marries Bathsheba himself. But he doesn't get away scot-free. The implications loom, dark and shadowy. The prophet Nathan rebukes David. He tells him a story about a guy who stole another man's lamb. And he's like, yeah, that's messed up. I want fourfold punishment on whoever would do it. If, he, if it turns out he's in my kingdom, if it turns out that I'm har harboring him and I didn't even know it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's you. It's you. You're, you're the guy. You're the lamb stealer. This stops David in his tracks. Apparently... He remembers Saul, the old shitty king, and says, Ah, I'm kind of like him now. He prays to God, but God still takes the life of the baby who was growing in Bathsheba's womb. But that's not all. David started down the path of iniquity, and just like in the old days, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold, David has sown himself a household filled with women, 
And I haven't let that go because it was said in Deuteronomy, yo, one wife, one wife. God doesn't even want the Israelites to have a king. And now the king of Israel and Judah has taken multiple wives, just sowing seeds, sowing seeds of discontent. Let's see how it shakes out. And so joineth me as I continue reading through the second book of Samuel. Chapter 13. And it came to pass after this that Absalom the son of David had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Ammon the son of David loved her. Man, right into incest. That is the quickest into incest <laughs> a Bible reading is gone. Oh, that's Amnon. I thought David named his son Ammon after the Ammonites. You know, people who don't worship Yahweh. What are you doing naming your son Amnon? And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. <laughs> oh <my God. sighs> but Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. Dang, he's so... <sighs> okay, so he's really gonna connive to have... So Dude, this is David's sin. David's sin, finding a way to connive to sleep with some chick he's not supposed to be sleeping with. And then his son does the same thing in the family. Listen, this is a book where the one theme is things were going so well. That is the theme. I knew it was going to get bad. I didn't know it would be this quick. I didn't know it would be in this way. But I guess it fits. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Yeah, he wants some cake. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down. And she took flour and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan, and poured them out before him. But he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar, who is okay with this, took the cakes which she had made, and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. <sighs> and she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly, and I whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore, I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. According to the commentaries, what she's just asked is for him to not rape her, but go to the king and ask for her hand. Surely David would not withhold me from thee. Apparently at that time, marriage between half-brother and half-sister was allowed, but not in the kingdom of Israel. So either it just wasn't observed or... That kind of marriage was commonplace, but it sounds to me like she just wants to get out of there. Howbeit, he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. Ah, oh, damn. 
Then, Amnon hated her exceedingly. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen The Room? Ugh, why did you do this to me, Tamar? Why did you do this and it's all your fault? So that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. He's taken her virginity. He has absolutely ruined her life. Then he called his servants that ministered unto him and said, Put now this woman out from me and bolt the door after her. And she had a garment of diverse colors upon her. For with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. Then her servants brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garments of diverse colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom her brother said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard all of these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, Neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon, because he had forced his sister Tamar. And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shearers in Baal Hazor, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, thy servant hath sheep shearers. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all now go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, Howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. Then said Absalom, If not, I pray thee, let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? But Absalom pressed him, that he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Got him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say unto you, Smite Amnon, then kill him. Fear not, have not I commanded you? Be courageous, and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man gat him up upon his mule, and fled. And it came to pass, while they were in the way, that tidings came to David, saying, Absalom hath slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Oh, he killed all of them. Then the king arose, and tare his garments, and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother, answered, and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have slain all the young men, the king's sons, for Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom this hath been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Yeah, you're one to talk, Jonadab. Now therefore let not my lord the king take the thing to his heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon only is dead. But Absalom fled, and the young man that kept the watch lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons come. As thy servant said, so it is. Page turn. This is a, this is a thin one. That's what she said. <laughs> and it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that behold, the king's sons came and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also and all his servants wept very sore. It's just Amnon. That guy, that guy rapes his sister, man. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai the son of Amihud, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead.
Chapter 14 Now Joab, the son of Zeruiah, perceived that the king's heart was toward Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekoa, and fetched thence a wise woman, and said unto her, I pray thee, feign thyself to be a mourner, and put on now mourning apparel, and anoint not thyself with oil, but be as a woman that had a long time mourned for the dead, and come to the king, and speak on this matter unto him. So Joab put the words in her mouth. And when the woman of Tekoa spake to the king, she fell on her face to the ground, and did obeisance, and said, Help, O king! And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, I am indeed a widow woman, and mine husband is dead. And thy handmaid had two sons, and they two strove together in the field, and there was none to part them. But the one smote the other, and slew him. And behold, the whole family is risen against thine handmaid. And they said, Deliver him that smote his brother, that we may kill him, for the life of his brother whom he slew, and we will destroy the heir also. And so they shall quench my coal which is left, and shall not leave to my husband neither name nor remainder upon the earth. And the king said unto the woman, Go to thine house, and I will give charge concerning thee. And the woman of Tekoa said unto the king, My lord, O king, the iniquity be on me and on my father's house, and the king and his throne be guiltless. And the king said, Whoever saith aught unto thee, bring him to me, and he shall not touch thee any more. Then said she, I pray thee, let the king remember the Lord thy God, that thou wouldest not suffer the revengers of blood to destroy any more, lest they destroy my son. And he said, As the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of thy son fall to the earth. So just in case you're not with this, this woman says her two sons fought, and one killed the other. Now the whole family is pissed and want the other son dead too. But since everybody speaks in parables to each other, uh, she might be talking about Absalom. Then the woman said, Let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak one word unto my lord, the king. And he said, Say on. And the woman said, Wherefore then hast thou thought such a thing against the people of God? For the king doth speak this thing as one which is faulty, in that the king doth not fetch home again his banished. For we must needs die, and are as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again, which cannot be gathered up again. Neither doth God respect any person, yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. Now therefore, that I am come to speak of this thing unto my lord the king, it is because the people have made me afraid. And thy handmaid said, I will now speak unto the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his handmaid. For the king will hear to deliver his handmaid out of the hand of the man that would destroy me and my son together out of the inheritance of God. Then thine handmaid said, The word of my lord the king shall now be comfortable. For as an angel of God, so is my lord the king to discern good and bad. Therefore, the lord thy God will be with thee. Then the king answered and said unto the woman, Hide not from me, I pray thee, the thing that I shall ask thee. And the woman said, Let my lord the king now speak. And the king said, Is not the hand of Joab with thee in all this? <laughs> and the woman answered and said, As thy soul liveth, my lord the king, none can turn to the right hand or to the left from aught that my lord the king hath spoken. For thy servant Joab, he bade me, and he put all these words in the mouth of thine handmaid. To fetch about this form of speech hath thy servant Joab done this thing. And my lord is wise, according to the wisdom of an angel of God, to know all things that are in the earth. And the king said unto Joab, Behold now, I have done this thing. Go therefore, bring the young man Absalom again. Nice, so it worked. And Joab fell to the ground on his face, and bowed himself, and thanked the king. And Joab said, Today thy servant knoweth that I have found grace in thy sight, my lord, O king, and that the king hath fulfilled the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur, and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> if somebody wants to talk to King David, they have to engage him in a parable. And the king said, let him turn to his own house, and let him not see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, and saw not the king's face. But in all Israel 
there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. And when he pulled his head, for it was at every year's end that he pulled it, because the hair was heavy on him, therefore he pulled it, he weighed the hair of his head at two hundred shekels after the king's weight. And unto Absalom there were born three sons and one daughter, whose name was Tamar. She was a woman of a fair countenance. So Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem and saw not the king's face. Therefore Absalom sent for Joab to have sent him to the king, but he would not come to him. And when he sent again the second time, he would not come. Therefore he said unto his servants, See, Joab's field is near me, and he hath barley there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom unto his house, and said unto him, Wherefore hath thy servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent unto thee, saying, Come hither, that I may send thee to the king, to say, Wherefore am I come from Geshur? It had been good for me to have been there still. Now therefore let me see the king's face, and if there be any iniquity in me, let him kill me. So Joab came to the king and told him. And when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. And the king kissed Absalom. Chapter 15 And it came to pass after this, that Absalom prepared him chariots and horses, and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate. And it was so, that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called unto him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See thy matters are good and right, but there is no man deputed of the king to hear thee. Absalom said moreover, O oh, that I were made judge in the land, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come unto me, and I would do him justice. And it was so, that when any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he put forth his hand, and took him, and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom do all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And it came to pass after forty years that Absalom said unto the king, I pray thee, let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed unto the Lord in Hebron. For thy servant vowed a vow, while I abode at Geshur in Syria, saying, If the Lord shall bring me again indeed to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said unto him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as ye hear the sound of the trumpet, then ye shall say, Absalom reigneth in Hebron. And with Absalom went two hundred men out of Jerusalem that were called. And they went in their simplicity, and they knew not anything. And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. And there came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. And David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, and bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever my lord the king shall appoint. And the king went forth, and all his household after him. And the king left ten women, which were concubines, to keep the house. And the king went forth, and all the people after him, and tarried in a place that was far off. And all his servants passed on beside him, and all the Cherethites, and all the Pelethites, and all the Gittites, six hundred men, which... page turn. came after him from Gath, passed on before the king. Then said the king to Ittai the Gittite, Wherefore goest thou also with us? Return to thy place and abide with the king, for thou art a stranger and also an exile. 
whereas thou camest but yesterday, should I this day make thee go up and down with us? Seeing I go whither I may, return thou, and take back thy brethren. Mercy and truth be with thee. And Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as my lord the king liveth, surely in what place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also will thy servant be. And David said to Ittai, Go and pass over. And Ittai the Gittite, <laughs> Ittai the Gittite, passed over, and all his men and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people passed over. The king also himself passed over the brook Kidron, and all the people passed over toward the way of the wilderness. And lo, Zadok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God. And they set down the ark of God, and Abiathar went up, until all the people had done passing out of the city. And the king said unto Zadok, Carry back the ark of God into the city. If I shall find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again, and shew me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here am I, let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. The king said also unto Zadok the priest, Art not thou a seer? Return into the city in peace, and your two sons with you, Ahimaz thy son, and Jonathan the son of Abiathar. See, I will tarry in the plain of the wilderness, until there come word from you to certify me. Zadok therefore and Abiathar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. So this is interesting. David's ready to go. He seems to treat this as a kind of divine comeuppance. When he was still on the come up, David saw Saul, the previous king. Anytime things didn't go his way, he fought against it. But David knows, but David knows that you make your own bed. And he's like, nah, if God wants David to be king, then David will return. And David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet, and wept as he went up, and had his head covered, and he went barefoot. And all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up, weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators, with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount, where he worshipped God, behold, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. That's not good. Unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto, so will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel, the counsel of Ahithophel. And hast thou not there with thee Zadok and Abiathar the priests? Therefore it shall be, that what thing soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Behold, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them ye shall send unto me everything that ye can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. So, it's been 40 years, Absalom played the long game, the conspiracy is fulfilled. But now, David has his own conspiracy in the conspiracy. This is something that Saul would have been utterly incapable of. Saul's reaction if he found out there was a conspiracy started by his own son, he'd just grab a spear and walk up to people and start stabbing them. You will pay for your betrayal! Ow, ow, I didn't betray you at all, what are you talking about, ow? Chapter 16 and when David was a little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth. Man, these names. Okay, we got Ahithophel. We have Mephibosheth. And if we get one more, then we'll have the three hardest names to pronounce trilogy. Behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him 
with a couple of asses saddled, and upon them two hundred loaves of bread, and an hundred bunches of raisins, and an hundred of summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. All right, Zeba, let's get the party started, Zeba. <laughs> and the king said unto Zeba, What meanest thou by these? And Zeba said, The asses be for the king's household to ride on, and the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine that such as be faint in the wilderness may drink. And the king said, And where is thy master's son? And Zeba said unto the king, Behold, he abideth at Jerusalem. For he said, Today shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. Then said the king to Zeba, Behold, thine are all that pertained unto Mephibosheth. And Zeba said, I humbly beseech thee that I may find grace in thy sight, my lord, O king. And when king David came to Behurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came, and he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. Yeah, but Saul was kind of a dick, and he was also crazy. And he gave up searching for and trying to kill David. And David could have killed him plenty of times, but didn't. And when Saul died, it was in war with the Philistines. And they didn't actually kill him. He fell on his own sword, so Saul killed himself. But I guess that's David's fault. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishai the son of Zeruiah unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? Yeah, nice. And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone, and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction, and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him, and cursed as he went, and threw stones at him, and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary, and refreshed themselves there. And Absalom and all the people of the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with them. Ahithophel with him. And it came to pass, when Hushai the archite, David's friend, was come unto Absalom, that Hushai said unto Absalom, God save the king. God save the king. Nice. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why wentest thou not with thy friend? And Hushai said unto Absalom, Nay, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I be, and with him will I abide. And again, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in thy father's presence, so will I be in thy presence. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, said to Ahithophel, Give counsel among you what we shall do. And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he hath left to keep the house, and all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. Whoa, that's a plan. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house, and Absalom went in unto his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man 
had inquired at the Oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. God has punished David again. Chapter 17 Moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Let me now choose out twelve thousand men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed, and will make him afraid. And all the people that are with him shall flee, and I will smite the king only. Man, what an ass. And I will bring back all the people unto thee. The man whom thou seekest is as if all returned. So all the people shall be in peace. And the saying pleased Absalom well, and all the elders of Israel. Then said Absalom, Call now Hushai the archite also, and let us hear likewise what he saith. And when Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahithophel hath spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. And Hushai said unto Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel hath given is not good at this time. For, said Hushai, Thou knowest thy father and his men, that they be mighty men, and they be chafed in their minds, as a bear robbed of her whelps in the field. And thy father is a man of war, and will not lodge with the people. Behold, he is hid now in some pit, or in some other place. And it will come to pass, when some of them be overthrown at the first, that whosoever heareth it will say, There is a slaughter among the people that follow Absalom. And he also that is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion, shall utterly melt. For all Israel knoweth that thy father is a mighty man, and they which be with him are valiant men. Page turn. He's like, I don't think your rep can handle a defeat at the hands of your dad this early on, bro. It's been like 40 years, though. How old is everybody? Therefore, I counsel that all Israel be generally gathered unto thee from Dan even to Beersheba, as the sand that is by the sea for multitude, and that thou go to battle in thine own person. So shall we come upon him in some place where he shall be found, and we will light upon him as the dew falleth on the ground, and of him and of all the men that are with him there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he be gotten into a city, then shall all Israel bring ropes to that city, and we will draw it into the river, until there be not one small stone found there. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. Ahithophel. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel, to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. Then said Hushai unto Zadok and to Abiathar the priests, Thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and thus have I counseled. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily pass over, lest the king be swallowed up and all the people that are with him. Man, pays to have friends. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz stayed by Enrogel, for they might not be seen to come into the city. And a wench went and told them, <laughs> and they went and told King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom, but they went both of them away quickly and came to a man's house in Bahurim, which had a well in his court, whither they went down. And the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground corn thereon, and the thing was not known. Hiding in the well. Nice. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman to the house, they said, Where is Ahimaaz and Jonathan? And the woman said unto them, They be gone over the brook of water. And when they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, after they were departed, that they came up out of the well, and went and told King David, and said unto David, Arise, and pass quickly over the water, for thus hath Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David arose, and all the people that were with him, and they passed over Jordan by the morning light. There lacked not one of them that was not gone over Jordan. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, 
he saddled his ass and arose and gat him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order, and hanged himself, and died, and was buried in the sepulchre of his father. That was quick. Then David came to Mahanaim, and Absalom passed over Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the host instead of Joab, which Amasa was a man's son, whose name was Ithra, an Israelite, that went into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister to Jeroiah, Joab's mother. According to the commentaries, this is not the same Abigail as Abigail, wife of David. So Israel and Absalom pitched in the land of Gilead. And it came to pass, when David was come to Mahanaim, that Shobi, the son of Nahash of Rabbah of the children of Ammon, and Machir, the son of Amiel of Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite of Rajelim, brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse and honey and butter and sheep and cheese of kine for David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said, the people is hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Nice. Chapter 18. And David numbered the people that were with him, and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. And David sent forth a third part of the people under the hand of Joab, and a third part under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, Joab's brother, and a third part under the hand of Ittai the Gittite. Ittai the Gittite. He's tight. <laughs> and, the <clears throat> and the king said unto the people, I will surely go forth with you myself also. But the people answered, Thou shalt not go forth, for if we flee away, they will not care for us. Neither if half of us die will they care for us. But now thou art worth ten thousand of us. Therefore, now it is better that thou succor us out of the city. And the king said unto them, What seemeth you best, I will do. All right, I like that. I like that. David's an interesting king, man. He says things that you don't see people before him saying. And the king stood by the gate side, and all the people came out by hundreds and by thousands. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field against Israel, and the battle was in the wood of Ephraim where the people of Israel were slain before the servants of David. And there was there a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men. For the battle was there scattered over the face of all the country, and the wood devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth. Woe! And the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it, and told Joab, and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. And Joab said unto the man that told him, And behold, thou sawest him, and why didst thou not smite him there to the ground? And I would have given thee ten shekels of silver and a girdle. He could have had silver, he could have had a girdle, and the man said unto Joab, Though I should receive a thousand shekels of silver in mine hand, yet would I not put forth mine hand against the king's son. For in our hearing the king charged thee and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Beware that none touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise I should have wrought falsehood against mine own life, for there is no matter hid from the king, and thou thyself wouldest have set thyself against me. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee, and he took three darts in his hand, and thrust them through the heart of Absalom, while he was yet alive in the midst of the yoke. That Joab, man. And ten young men that bare Joab's armor compassed about, and smote Absalom, and slew him. And Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing after Israel, for Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom, and cast him into a great pit in the wood and laid a very great heap of stones upon him, and all Israel fled every one to his tent. 
Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar, which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name, and it is called unto this day Absalom's place. Then said Ahimaaz the son of Zadok, Let me now run and bear the king tidings, how that the Lord hath avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said unto him, Thou shalt not bear tidings this day, but thou shalt bear tidings another day. But this day thou shalt bear no tidings, because the king's son is dead. Then said Joab to Cushi, Go tell the king what thou hast seen. And Cushi bowed himself unto Joab and ran. Then said Ahimaaz the son of Zadok yet again to Joab, But howsoever let me, I pray thee, also run after Cushi. And Joab said, Wherefore wilt thou run, my son, seeing that thou hast no tidings ready? But howsoever, said he, let me run. And he said unto him, Run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain, and overran Cushi. And David sat between the two gates. Man, he's at the gate. And the watchman went up to the roof over the gate unto the wall, and lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man running alone. And the watchman cried and told the king, and the king said, If he be alone, there is tidings in his mouth. And he came apace and drew near. And the watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called unto the porter and said, Behold, another man running alone. And the king said, He also bringeth tidings. And the watchman said, Me thinketh the running of the foremost is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. <laughs> Familiar with the way Ahimaaz runs. And the king said, He is a good man, and cometh with good tidings. And Ahimaaz called, and said unto the king, All is well. And he fell down to the earth upon his face before the king, and said, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which hath delivered up the men that lifted up their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Ahimaaz answered, Ah! When Joab sent the king's servant, and me thy servant, I saw a great tumult, but I knew not what it was. And the king said unto him, Turn aside and stand here. And he turned aside and stood still. And behold, Cushi came. And Cushi said, Tidings, my lord the king, for the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushi, Is the young man Absalom safe? And Cushi answered, the enemies of my lord the king and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. Page turn. And the king was much moved, and went up to the chamber over the gate, and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son my son. Chapter 19 And it was told to Joab, Behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning unto all the people. For the people heard say that day how the king was grieved for his son. And the people gat them by stealth that day into the city, as people being ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. But the king covered his face, and the king cried with a loud voice, O my son Absalom, O Absalom, my son, my son. And Joab came into the house to the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life, and the lives of thy sons, and of thy daughters, and the lives of thy wives, and the lives of thy concubines. You remember your concubines? You love your concubines. In that thou lovest thine enemies, and hatest thy friends. For thou hast declared this day, that thou regardest neither princes nor servants, for this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived, and all we had died this day, then it had pleased thee well. Now therefore arise, go forth, and speak comfortably unto thy servants. For I swear by the Lord, if thou go not forth, there will not tarry one with thee this night, and that will be worse unto thee than all the evil that befell thee from thy youth until now. Then the king arose. <laughs> Harsh words, Joab. Then the king arose and sat in the gate, and they told unto all the people, saying, Behold, the king doth sit in the gate. And all the people came before the king, 
for Israel had fled every man to his tent. And all the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us out of the hand of our enemies, and he delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines, and now he has fled out of the land for Absalom. And Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? And King David sent to Zadok and to Abiathar the priests, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house? Seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king, even to his house, ye are my brethren, ye are my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are ye the last to bring back the king? And say ye to Amasa, Art thou not one of my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me, and more also if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they sent this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants. So the king returned and came to Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king, to conduct the king over Jordan. And Shimei the son of Gera, a Benjamite, which was of Behurim, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him. And Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons, and his twenty servants with him, and they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household, and to do what he thought good. And Shimei the son of Gerah fell down before the king, as he was come over Jordan, and said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me, neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai the son of Zeruiah answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? And David said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? that ye should this day be adversaries unto me. Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king over Israel? Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. And the king sware unto him. And Mephibosheth the son of Saul came down to meet the king, and had neither dressed his feet nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came again in peace. And it came to pass, when he was come to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore wentest not thou with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For thy servant said, I will saddle me an ass that I may ride thereon, and go to the king, because thy servant is lame. Right, Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan. He was lame. So lame. And he hath slandered thy servant unto my lord the king. But my lord the king is as an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. For all of my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet didst thou set thy servant among them that did eat at thine own table. What right therefore have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Ziba divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all, for as much as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. And Barzillai, Barzillai, I'm making Barzillai the turkey. We did it. Three weird names in this reading. Let's go. And Barzillai, the Gileadite, came down from Rajelim and went over Jordan with the king to conduct him over Jordan. Now, Barzillai was a very aged man, even fourscore years old, and he had provided the king of sustenance while he lay at Mahanaim, for he was a very great man. And the king said unto Barzillai, Homie, come thou over with me, and I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. And Barzillai said unto the king, How long have I to live that I should go up with the king unto Jerusalem? I am this day fourscore years old, and can I discern between good and evil? Can thy servant 
taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then should thy servant be yet a burden unto my lord the king? Thy servant will go a little way over Jordan with the king, and why should the king recompense it, me, with such a reward? Let thy servant, I pray thee, turn back again, that I may die in mine own city, and be buried in the grave of my father and of my mother. But behold thy servant, Chimham, let him go over with my lord the king, and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me, and I will do to him that which shall and I will do to him that which shall seem good unto thee, and whatsoever thou shalt require of me, that will I do for thee. And all the people went over Jordan, and when the king was come over, the king kissed Barzillai, and blessed him, and he returned unto his own place. Then the king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him, and all the people of Judah conducted the king, and also half the people of Israel. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king, and said unto the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen thee away, and have brought the king and his household and all David's men with him over Jordan? And all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is near of kin to us. Wherefore then be ye angry for this matter? Have we eaten at all of the king's cost, or hath he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten parts in the king, and we have also more right in David than ye. Why then did ye despise us, that our advice should not be first had in bringing back our king? And the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. And here we will end our reading for today. What a troubling reading. Very eventful. Incest, betrayal, death. But if there's a single theme, it's that of estrangement. David is king over a nation of 12 tribes, and they don't get along. While David was tending to his concubines, Absalom realized that the way to the people's heart is to the heart of the people. <laughs> David may have prevailed over his son, but the strife is not over. If anything, it's worse. Where they were once united, now the nation of Israel is split along more than one party line. Absalom captured the hearts of the men of Israel. And man, Joab again, first with killing Abner secretly, or maybe not so secretly, and now he defies the king's orders yet again, killing his son. But that's where I got to give the writing its due credit. Everything is a call and response to itself. David takes to himself many concubines, his son banishes him from the nation, and then turns to the concubines like, I'll take that. At the same time, Absalom takes great pride, it said, in his hair. If it was just a little shorter, he wouldn't have gotten caught in a tree and killed. There seems to be a repeating motif of justice and punishment. David is quick to destroy his foes, but when they come from within his own family, he waffles. Understandably, how do you kill your own son? But when the king doesn't lead, other people are going to lead, and they might not make the choices that you want. While at the same time, a king has to be a servant. David understands this on his way back to Jerusalem. He pardons his enemies. He gives gifts to his friends. He does honor to his faithful servants. He holds no grudges. But he's in misery. And none of this is good for the kingdom. We see party lines by the end. What are you doing in our place? Why did you go over Jordan with it? Well, you should have asked us first. The kingdom is referred to as the kingdom of Israel and Judah, and that's because they're separate. That's because they aren't able to be unified into a whole. Maybe they were at the beginning, but these tensions are not going away. They're here to stay. David's won back his kingdom, but the cracks are set in. What I didn't expect is David's handling of it, where Saul would fly into a rage or just deny that anything is happening. David knows when he's messed up. He's willing to be humble, and he comes out on top at the end. But on top, without his son, without a unified nation. And as we've seen before, the problems are just going to keep coming. It's been 40 years. It doesn't make one optimistic for the future to come. So on a down note, I say adieu. Thank you 
for listening to the Nonbeliever Bible Club. We're getting to the end of the second book of Samuel. Next week, we'll see how it all wraps up. But till then, remember, incest, bad. Sleeping with your father's concubines, bad. And you might want to consider getting a haircut. Adios. Adios.